Oh, hey, everybody. This is Corey. This is Jack. And this is Chris. And this is the only podcast that matters. Welcome to the first of the final 20 shows of the only podcast that matters. And another bi-coastal episode where I'm recording in California. Corey and Jack are seated comfortably in New Jersey. But you never know. Mm. And he's picking on us relentlessly about that yep. the entire time. <laughs> well, I guess so. I'll have to tread carefully because you can hang up on me at any moment and then mm-hmm. That's right, show. you son of a bitch. <laughs> Pop quiz hot shot. What do you do? <laughs> Say something offensive to the guy who's recording the show. What do you do? What do you do? No, wait, Chris, come back. We need you to edit this. We're sorry. So, uh, Jack, what's this week's episode about? It's about movies. Filmcast. Yeah. Again. Jack's favorite episode of the year. Yes. That's what this one's called, right? Filmcast again. Filmcast again because we lost track of what number we're on. Seven. Lucky number seven. Seven. All seven. right. It's probably the last one. I'm going to be quiet oh, for a Jesus moment. Not if you have anything to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Wait. Doom and Gloom over here. Wait, I'll find more time. Before it becomes its own series. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for God's sakes. Anyway. So. So, yeah. We're going to talk about movies that are coming out this summer. We're going to uh, we're gonna talk about movies that me and in, Jack in probably general, see just... them all. And Chris is going to make fun of us, and uh, it's going to be great. No, no. Jack and I agree. Uh, uh, actually, a lot on at least the, the kind of slate of movies that are coming You're, out this summer. That's so. bullshit right there. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not really. We've had some phone conversations about movies for a while. We've talked about things, yeah. Cause it's, it's, and let's just, say, let's just say the word Transformers 4, and you guys will fight. Oh, I'm not that excited about Transformers as I was before. I'll see it. But bullshit. I'm not, I'm not as excited as like the previous three. And I think audiences are kind of getting a little tired, too. I think there's fatigue. I think that's it's having the, the Spider-Man effect, which is an ex- excellent segue into... Spider-Man. Yeah. It's going to be like, oh, there's a fourth one? He's still talking about Transformers. We just tried to segue, Jack. Good job. Sorry. <laughs> I was still talking about Transformers. Anyway. So the summer movie season has been going for a while. I mean, in theory... It might extend into April now because Captain America did so well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was which was kind of a daring move. I mean, since it's a Marvel movie and it's a sequel, I'm sure they knew everyone was going to show up. But I think they're surprised by how impressive. Well, it was a really good movie. It was a good yeah. approach to the whole thing. It was just really well done. Oh, it was. Great. It was completely out of left field. How great that movie was! Like it wasn't just a typical sequel. Things really shook up the universe. Oh yeah. That I didn't think would come about in the Captain America movie, and I think really Disney has taken something and made. More of these movies than just a standard sequel. Like, Iron Man 3 was more than just another Iron Man movie. Yeah, it was, it was a crap. Oh, shut the fuck oh, up. Oh, shut up. A fucking bitter that was, fan Honestly, that's my favorite it's Iron terrible, Man movie. Terrible ass it's not movie. a terrible... I'm with you, Jack. It's my favorite Iron Man movie, too. I nope. loved it. Nope. First one, nope. still. First one's great. It's use of the character. That's right, it was, motherfucker. Oh, my God. No, Get oh, what, it was so you, smart hang on, hang on, how they did all right. that. All right, Chris, let's, you do this. Let's, ad- let's address this because a Wait, couple... Well, smart did, how they uh, did that? Yeah. Ruin the, the origin story? No, no, no. How they did... How they approached the Mandarin. It was something different. Oh, go, go ahead, Chris. Did you see the Marvel one-shot? No. On the Thor DVD? No. Oh, well, fuck. Yeah, none of us own it just Wait, yet. have either one of you seen it or no? No, we've seen Thor The Dark World. We just haven't seen the Blu-ray release. Oh, fuck Thor. I don't care about Thor. No, I meant the Marvel one-shot, the 11-minute movie with uh, Trevor Slattery in jail. Nope. Ah, fuck. Man, you guys are missing out. That was better than the entirety of Thor to the Dark World. <laughs> oh, I hate Thor so much. I, I do want I do want to watch it, but I don't yeah. but I don't own Thor, so I don't I well, don't watch it. Well, smart man. And Thor the Dark World wasn't that bad. It was a lot better than the Thor is stupid. I've said all along, it's a stupid character. They're space Vikings. That's it. And everything was just <laughs> well, like, "Hey everybody, yeah. remember this canoes. character?" <laughs> 
They have space canoes. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking space Vikings. It's so stupid. Yeah, that was kind of silly. All powerful and then falls in love with the first fucking Earth girl he meets. Well, Give me a Natalie break. Portman. It's just, uh, it, see, unlike Captain America, Thor was just kind of passing the time in between Avengers movies, whereas in Captain America, shit actually happened. Right, stuff yeah. relevant. Okay, well, the Mandarin thing will let go because you guys haven't seen the, the Marvel one-shot thing, but you should because they address the concerns about the use of the Mandarin in a very clever way. But uh, I really thought that this Captain America movie was very much, it was very dense. Like, they just crammed a lot of story and a lot of exposition about what's going to go on in this universe into this movie. Yeah, and I think they did a good job doing that, though. I mean, it's, it felt busy, but it didn't feel, it didn't feel overwhelming. It wasn't overcrowded. Right. At all. It wasn't like, for comparison's sake, because they're in, they opened in such proximity to each other, it wasn't like Spider-Man 2, where it felt like a bunch of things were shoehorned into one movie for the sake of setting up the rest of right. the franchise. I think they could have left out the Electro thing completely, and it still had a, a, a lot better movie. Like, Electro yeah, was, Electro was pretty useless. Completely unnecessary. They could have really developed uh, the Green Goblin's character a lot more. You saw that build. You saw that build throughout the movie with his development into the Green Goblin. But I agree. I kind of wanted to see more of the Green Goblin and Electro. That and Jamie Foxx really isn't that great of an actor anyway, from my personal standpoint. So I really didn't care that much for Actually, Electro. I, think, I like Jamie Foxx a lot. I just don't think he was eh. great for the role. I just thought they didn't, they didn't use him nearly enough. They made it seem like in any of the teasers any of that like the first comic-con footage was electro they made it seem like he was the badass in this movie that spider-man was going to be facing and they fought twice that's it yeah and plus he wasn't even that badass either he was and just the first time him. he was just trying to you know, talk him off the ledge like hey calm down and then oh wait people like spider-man better than me well then here you go here's some lightning for you yeah that's i just didn't understand that was such a weird turn whereas everyone's cheering for spider-man i'm gonna electrocute everybody because he has some insecurity, uh, some insecurity issues. Oh, nobody knows me or likes me. Oh, now everybody sees me. Oh, wait, there's Spider-Man. I'm mad. That was pretty much it. Yeah, everyone loves Spider-Man as much as I love Spider-Man. Bullshit! Yeah, I just felt like it was kind of... Like an obsessive stalker yeah. with an electrical problem. So. <laughs> and everyone... <laughs> <laughs> with a special problem. It's the cable guy. But yeah, I, I liked I liked the development. I liked the overall. I just felt like Spider Man Two is more of a transitional movie. Oh, totally. Uh, than it was. It, it was yeah. like here's a lead into what we're gonna do for the next couple movies. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Here's a preview. An hour and a half, two hour long preview, and a really sad ending. So there you go. Oh, you had to brace yourself for that. Spoiler alert! But uh, you had to brace yourself for that if you know what happens in the comics. Well, yeah, that's been that's been news forever. I mean, they shot with. I can't remember who it is. I think it was isn't Shalane Woodley, the Divergent chick. Yep. I think she was cast as uh, Mary Jane, and they shot a bunch of scenes with her, but they they took those scenes out ultimately, and they're saving her for the third movie because they just thought it would be kind of odd considering where the Spider Man Gwen Stacy relationship. Right. Well, actually, no. She was going. She's not being. She's being recast. She's not going to be in the movie at all. Oh well, maybe not now because Divergent's going to be. It is that chick, she'll be, right? She'll be busy with her forty yeah, teen drama no, movies. As soon as they cut the, as soon as they cut her role, as soon as they decided to cut Mary Jane out, they told her she wasn't coming back. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. I knew they shot a bunch of stuff, which we'll probably never see. Probably with uh, with her in it, and then they just removed the character from the movie overall, which is fine because that movie is already overstuffed. Yep. See, here's the thing about Spider Man Two. I enjoy. Oh, no complaints about Captain America. I think we kind of put put that to bed. But with Spider Man Two, I really really enjoyed it while I was watching it. But in the last few weeks since I saw it, the more I've thought about it, the less I like it. 
there are a few other things. It's almost kind of like the Dark Knight Rises thing, where like I see the more I think about certain parts of the movie. I don't, I don't think for me it's that severe. I still loved it. I thought it was fun. Mooks is a superhero movie. You you like them all. You even like Green Lantern for a good six weeks. So, oh, let's be honest. <laughs> half you the, half you immediately fall in love. Yeah, for a good right. six hours. Come on. <laughs> That's not true at all, Corey. <laughs> Jack got a, he was, no, I'll go, I'll give him credit. He liked it, and when he was in his seat, by the time we got to the bottom of the steps, he was like, I don't like it anymore. Yeah. Oh, wow, that was a quick Jack pedal then. <laughs> yeah. What am yeah. I doing? <laughs> so, uh, not only has there been superhero movies, but there's been, they're trying to do a lot of, uh, a lot of comedies. They're trying to push a lot of, like, raunchy comedies this summer, and they just released Neighbors. Yeah. Which, which I actually saw last, last I week. loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I... I went in thinking it was. I heard a lot of mixed reviews. Jack said it was hilarious, so I was gonna. I, I knew it was gonna be at least funny. Me and mine and Jack's taste for comedies are pretty similar. I like slapstick kind of comedies, and it's not really. It has a lot of those elements in it, so I like that part, and I really did enjoy it. But I didn't find it as hilarious as other movies I've seen. But it was funny. I like. I think Zac Efron's really turning his career around, honestly, because he's really showing that he can act and kind of step out. He, he played like a big, huge. Meathead dumbass. See, I've never seen Zac Efron act in anything other before this movie. So, really, I see, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, and I've been saying for a long time, no, he actually is a good actor. I think Jack's probably mocked me for saying that before. No. Because I've seen quite a few of his movies, and I was like, no, he's good, actually. He's just not in any good movies. And granted, Neighbors isn't my thing. I'm just not into that Seth Rogen brand of humor. And uh, th- th- just aside from that, the movie... Uh, Honestly, it's probably my favorite Seth Rogen movie because it wasn't like the other Seth Rogen movies I've seen. He wasn't too bad. I can deal with him in that movie. Yeah. He wasn't terrible. Um, well, but- here's the thing I do like about it, though, is that, see, Seth Rogen kind of had... It's funny. Everybody's talking about, like, oh, this is a comeback story for Zac Efron. Zac Efron never really had a mainstream hit outside of High School Musical, but that was the third movie. That's the only one that was a theatrical hit. Otherwise, his movies have pretty much been small. But I think the bigger story with Neighbors is more so kind of the rise of seth rogan again because after this is the end took off last year now it's okay like seth rogan's okay again because there was a good couple of years where everybody had yeah. seth rogan fatigue yeah post pineapple express people are like okay we we could take a break yeah he's a pot smoker or he tries to do something stupid there you go he was really good in 50 50 i thought he was really good in that but he didn't he was a he wasn't the main character right well i also heard he played basically that kind of version of himself or that that character he plays in everything but he was a supporting character. Right, which is tolerable because Joseph Gordon-Levitt stole the show anyway, so it yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah, well, he's, he's great in everything. But, uh, yeah, Neighbors was great. Dave Franco's really starting to become pretty good, too. Yeah, that whole scene where they're having the Robert De Niro party was hilarious. Where he dresses <laughs> a Robert De Niro from Meet the Parents. That was so spot on. You're upset and jinxy cat fucker. Yeah. You approach the circle of trust, Greg. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Um, and J- Jack tricked me into thinking I was going to see uh, some, a nice pair of tits <laughs> in that movie, and... Uh, no. Boy, were you wrong. Nope. So no tits? No, there is. It's it's horrible, actually. It's a little traumatizing. Oh, so it's fat chick? No, no. It's Rose Byrne. Okay. Well, to set the scene, she's she just gave birth to a baby. The baby's, I don't know, a couple months old, maybe six months old. So she's still breastfeeding. And she got really drunk the night before, and she went to go breastfeed the child and realized she just drank, so she can't breastfeed the child, so she needs to use the pump to get the milk out. And he broke the pump. So he convinces Seth Rogen to milk her. Oh, okay. So it was like the scene is the scene big, is like veiny these, tits. These really Gross. nasty looking veiny tits with, and Seth Rogen's milking her. Uh. See, I don't know. I don't know if that could be any female nudity can be worse than that. 
fake plastic Catherine Heigl vagina from Knocked Up. That was pretty traumatizing. Uh, oh, yeah. That was fucking awful. Come on. Yeah, that was, that was pretty fucked up. Yeah, so I can't... I mean, some veiny tits. Okay, fine. We've all clicked on, you know, the wrong porn link once in a while. Am I right? Have you seen the movie Junior? No. No? No, unfortunately. So one, Chris is going to hang up. <laughs> well, you haven't seen Junior? Seriously? You're talking about the Arnold movie, right? Yeah, the Arnold yeah. movie where he gives birth. No, I haven't seen what it. A, what a concept. I love that movie. <laughs> You would. So well, stupid. it is an Ivan Reitman movie, so I guess it deserves a chance. You should. You should give it a chance in, in honor of Ivan Reitman. I'll give it a chance, Corey. I will. I mean, it has Danny DeVito. And he's from Jersey, and you guys are from Jersey, so it's okay. Anyway. Uh, you know what's funny, though? Since since Corey mentioned the raunchy comedy thing, that was actually one of the the funny things that happened last year. There was... And I'm not, once again, any of my information is just from general observation. It's not, I don't have the inside track on anything that's going on. But there seemed to be a general, just because I live in, and work in Hollywood, but there seemed to be a general feeling after Hangover 3, way underperformed last year, they thought, well, that's it for R-rated comedies. <laughs> and they kind of thought those were done. And then you had the one-two punch of the heat and we're the Millers, and they did huge business. Yeah. Right, and then it was like, oh, R-rated comedies are still alive. Yeah, and that's well. a stupid statement because it's not the R-rated comedy that's the problem; it's the repetitiveness of the same movie over and over again. Which the heat is different. Well, totally. Yeah. And where the Millers was different. But that's the funny part is that just because one movie of a certain of a certain type doesn't do well, I mean, it's also the third one, so it's no surprise. Like saying superhero movies are are done because Spider Man Two is performing less than. How yeah. they, I'm sure it's they like Superman three did poorly, so all superhero superhero movies are going to suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, <laughs> we we all know Batman and Robin's to blame for believing a scene is dead. No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, there's been worse. No, Green Lantern with <laughs> yeah, right. But with uh, <laughs> something like Neighbors, it's like okay, here's another R-rated comedy that's probably going to do like I'm going to say probably going to finish with like 150 million by the end of its run. It's going to do really well. Yeah, probably. 22 Dump Street's going to do really well. See, I don't know. That could go either way because comedy sequels are hit or miss. Well, it's, well, it's, it's the sequel. Like, it's going to do. Like, well, it seems like it's going to pull like a Harold and Kumar and just go like way over the top. Well, the thing I like about about the trailers because I've seen the trailer constantly. I haven't seen the first one. I have no interest in seeing the first one or the sequel. But I do like that they're kind of acknowledging. Like it's it's very much a wink to the audience in the trailer with like everybody wants you to Nick Offerman talking to the to Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum oh, yeah, and saying that, like that's everyone wants to see you do the same thing again and Ice Cube making the crack about uh, they pay me a lot of money to babysit you guys again <laughs> it's like I thought that was funny like that's a clever yeah, yeah. wink to yeah it's a sequel yeah it's gonna be the same movie yeah we're doing another one so I I thought that was clever it's not a summary on the movie but I at least appreciate that that they're they're seeing it how it actually, is actually the first one was really funny. I saw it after I saw This Is The End, and it was really funny. Not a lot of people... That was another one of those where everyone's like, it's the best movie, it's the funniest movie ever made, and I just... It still wasn't enough. Well, it's me. not the funniest movie ever made, but it was... I mean, it it's, was, it's better than The Heat. No, no fucking way. Not, not by any fucking means. <laughs> Chris jumps through the phone you, and chokes I don't me understand how you hate that movie so much. I don't it's hate so, the movie. It's I just, so fucking funny. I don't, I don't hate the movie. I just don't like it as much as you guys do. I don't. I think you guys way oversold it to me, and it just wasn't as funny. I don't get. I don't laugh at the same raunchy jokes from the movie that you guys. Corey doesn't like anything as much as anyone else does. He likes all the stuff that we hate. Yeah, I know. So this shouldn't be much of a surprise, Jack. Come on. (laughs) I have noticed this. I mean, it's sad to say. I mean, one of my favorite comedies of all time is MacGruber, and that's pretty sad. (laughs) (laughs) And that tells you all you need to know, folks. (laughs) Yep. Corey's out. I'll be back in ten minutes when you're done with comedy talk. 
MacGruber's just dumb. Uh-huh. MacGruber was just dumb, silly, <laughs> yeah. stupid-ass humor. It's like a sixth-grade class trip. It's like that kind of humor, stupid. Yeah. Think about Ernest, but rated R. <laughs> I <laughs> doubt it. Go. That's a pretty good analogy. Continuing on with our movie talk, I know they just released Godzilla, which Jack and I have not seen yet, but I know you've seen, Chris. As far as I know, you weren't you wanted to see it, but you weren't you weren't expecting. Here, here was the decision I made with myself about Godzilla. I don't think the whole country was on board just yet until a couple weeks ago, because I think people were still stinging from that '98 turd. Oh, that's bullshit! I hate when people say that. It's just like I don't know. Sixteen years ago, that movie sucked. Give me a break. Nobody remembers anything from 2009 let alone a movie from 1998. I saw so much of that where everyone's like, I don't know, everyone's still thinking back to that last movie. No, they're not. Well, I, I was like that. I thought, uh, I don't know, can they really do Godzilla again? Jack, you're Jackopedia, though. But you're a serious movie fan. Do you think the average moviegoer is like, oh, remember that movie from 1998? No, nobody yeah. fucking remembers. I think most people so from my long. generation would. You, you also, I think most people in my age range are like, oh my God, Godzilla you also have to again. remember that most, most of the people going to this are going to be kids who weren't even alive. Yeah, that's, that's well, a big that's part true. of it. I didn't take that. I, talk, I was speaking from like my age range of people who saw it when they were kids and were like, yeah but everyone uh, knows it's going to be a completely different type of movie though yeah. i don't think anybody looks at it as here comes another cheesy movie from the guy who brought us end of the world movies the last five summers well do you know what you really know everybody knows this is a different thing what really helped it was the fact that pacific rim did really well well pacific rim didn't do really well here though it underperformed in the u.s overall it made like 400 million but only 100 of it was the u.s i mean grown-ups too beat out pacific rim because they opened against each other which was ludicrous. America. Uh, no, it's it's not even that. I don't even know. That's I mean. No, but there wasn't a, anybody I know who saw Pacific Rim wasn't disappointed by it. No, I mean I enjoyed it for what it was a big dumb movie that you know if I was eight years old it'd be my favorite movie. But I I see it for exactly what it is. It's robots, monsters. That's really it. I mean all the other cheesy melodramas like okay. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Godzilla. I wasn't expecting much, but the pretty much the deal I made with myself going into Godzilla was it's a big movie. Uh, I knew, and I've said this to Jack before, as far as going to see certain movies in the theater, like if you're going to appreciate them, you have to see them on a big screen, they have to be loud, they have to be inescapable, because when you're home, it's not the same thing. You can pause it, you go to the bathroom, go to the fridge and get some snacks, whatever, whereas you're in the theater, there's, no, I mean, there is escaping, but the, you're kind of yeah, immersed you have to see it. big movies in the theater. There's no other way around it. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I thought, all right, I'm not expecting much, but if I'm going to ever see this movie, which I'm sure I will, let me at least see it in the theater. I mean, there's no blockbuster videos anymore. How am I going to see it otherwise? How the hell? Yeah. <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> Movies just go into the ether after they leave the, the multiplex. <laughs> but I decided, all right, fine. I'm going to, uh, I'll go see this movie in the theater. But I thought Big Lizard Destroying Buildings, I get it. Uh, I re was really, and this is obviously spoiler free, folks, so don't worry if you haven't seen uh Godzilla, which at this point has been out for two weeks, but uh, since the other, since Jack and Corey haven't seen it, then I'm not going to be talking about anything. But I was just really surprised how developed the human story was because I wasn't expecting as much from it, and actually be concerned about the people in the movie because I thought if anything it might come off as generic, and I thought the action is going to be Godzilla's destroying a, a bunch of shit. Uh, and then when I heard about oh Godzilla's going to be fighting another creature in the movie, I thought oh, okay, well this could be interesting. And there were moments in the movie, and I'm not trying to oversell it, I swear, I'm just giving you my honest impression of the movie. Aside from being really into the human story, there were moments in the Godzilla action where I literally, my mouth was open, like I caught myself with my, my mouth open, because I was so aghast at what I was seeing. It was really, really fucking cool. So, without having anything invested in the movie... I was really, really impressed by it. I really enjoy that movie a hell of a lot. And like I said, wasn't expecting much. So I'm not surprised it did as well. Actually, I said to Jack 
I have a feeling Godzilla's going to make like 70 to 80 million, you know, over the weekend. And then it finished with 93. So, I mean, it made it just a shitload of money. So people showed up for it. It's kind of a shock that, like, like if you told me earlier in the year Godzilla's opening weekend was going to be bigger than Spider-Man's or Captain America's first, I mean, that would, that would have, I would never would have believed you. Those are established characters, and yes, Godzilla's established, but... Right, it was, it was projected to make, originally, like, Friday, it was projected to make, like, 115, but... Well, it's also, it's a non-sequel, though. That's the difference between Spider-Man and Captain America and Godzilla. I mean, it fell in between the two. I think Spider-Man opened, like, 91, Captain America was, like, 95, but still, like, for a non-sequel, for a new, what's definitely going to be a franchise now, uh, to make that much money is, hey, that many people were interested in it, so that's... Pretty cool. And it's getting favorable reviews. I mean, I don't pay attention to reviews much, but I'm kind of curious, especially when movies do huge business, what the reviews look like. So I do look once I see something's done really well. Like, I looked at Neighbors for the same reason. And there was a lot of advertising. A lot of advertising from like television commercials and just billboards and AMC was just promoting the shit out of it on Twitter and Facebook. Like, this is, I think the hype was really as the days led up to the opening of the movie, it was going to be big. Bigger than anybody expected. But see, I didn't. I don't think they overdid it the way they overdid it with Spider-Man. Spider-Man, they've literally been hardcore advertising since like February, and I think that caused a lot of fatigue because I think people, by the time the movie finally came out, were kind of surprised. Like, wait, it's not even out yet? Because Spider-Man's been on commercials for months and months. Taco Bell and Cover Girl and all sorts of things. Like, Spider-Man's been everywhere, and they've had five fucking trailers. Like how I don't understand when this came up when you needed so many trailers they've done the same thing with X Men and I haven't seen most of them because I don't want to know too much about the movie going in I want to be excited for it but I, I, when did all this happen where you need to put out five trailers in the six months before the movie opens like it's for, it, audiences are more impatient and people just want to get that out like oh we need another trailer just give them another trailer. yeah but every two and a half weeks that's I don't know I don't get that that's so weird to me well I don't, I don't know I, th- I think it's more along lines of trailers have become big business now. It's it's not so much. Sometimes they're bigger than the movie themselves. Yeah, people want to see. I mean, there's there's websites and there's people and there's companies that are dedicated just to trailers. Oh yeah, everything has to do with trailers, and that is huge business right now. So the more they can get out, the more money they make. I think in the case of Spider Man, though, it's oversaturation. I think that kind of backfired because I think people were tired of Spider Man. But not only that, like the same studio. That has done Spider-Man since 2002 is doing another Spider-Man movie. And there is a difference when you see the films, like this new series and the original trilogy. Yes, it's different in story. But if you look at them, just like in commercials and advertisements, they all kind of just look the same. Like, if you didn't know any better, would you know the difference between Spider-Man 2 and the Amazing Spider-Man 2 and just the way, like, the film looks and feels and everything else? It all kind of looks and feels the same way. I mean, it's the same studio overall, but, like... That's what you go back to, like, oversaturation and bombardment. Like, people are like, oh, another Spider-Man? Which it all comes down to, I can't wait for the day when Marvel gets all their properties back. And yeah. That's not going to happen anytime soon. No chance. I mean, I'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But my, see, my thing also with Spider-Man, and I was reading about this because one of the articles I read following um, when Neighbors beat out Amazing Spider-Man 2 on its opening weekend, which they thought was going to be close anyway, but... I think Spider-Man did like 37 million, Neighbors did 51, something like that. So it was a clear... And and that's kind of funny also, because three years before, I think it was Mother's Day weekend, Bridesmaids was released, and it was the same studio. Uh, Yeah. So Universal's kind of had that follow-up weekend after the big initial summer release of like, hey, if you're done with this whole like big superhero hype, just come and see a comedy, a really funny comedy. It's not for everybody, but like it... 
like a raunchy universal comedy, and people want to go see that. But they're also pretty much the only studio without a franchise either. Warner has DC, Disney has Marvel, Fox has X-Men, and Fantastic Four, and Sony has Spider-Man. So they don't have a franchise. Well, they have the Fast and Furious movies as their franchise. Yeah, but they don't have superheroes, I mean. I mean, superheroes are still very, very hot right now, still doing huge business. So I think that could be part of it, where they kind of have a niche to a certain degree. But the um, the thing I saw about Spider-Man, which I didn't even realize doing the math, but th- this one article is talking about franchise fatigue and saying that this is the fifth Spider-Man movie in 12 years. And it I is. hadn't even thought about that. The first one was 2002. And so you think there's a certain point where are people going to show up thinking, all right, Spider-Man, all right, I've seen Green Goblin once before. How's this one going to be any different? And yeah, from the commercials, it's the same. The guy's swinging around New York City. So on the surface... Yeah, like I said, the average moviegoer who's not following it the way we might, being, I'd say, above average film fans, then, yeah, they probably aren't as interested in seeing it. Especially after, you know, with with the flaws that seem to be pretty inherent after you see the movie, then people probably weren't as keen to go back two and three times like they were with, say, The Avengers, where the movie does huge business. So, um, But as far as the Marvel thing, here's the the thing, because I keep hearing that a lot from fans, and there there are a lot of... Geeks I come across, comic book geeks, uh, particularly out here, because Los Angeles is is, is a very uh, nerd-friendly city. Yeah. But people always talk about the whole thing with, like, Marvel needs to get back X-Men. Marvel needs to get back Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. Here's the best part to me, and this is going to be contradictory <laughs> because I'm going somewhere else with this. The best part to me is as fans, as film fans, as people who like superhero movies, how many superhero movies do we get this year with... Marvel properties divide among different studios. We get four. We get a Spider-Man. We get an X-Men. We get Guardians of the Galaxy. We get Captain America. Marvel Studios, through Disney, is only putting out two of those movies. So as fans, we get more because different studios have the properties. So I don't look at it as a big loss. I mean, if they shoehorned Spider-Man or Wolverine into the Avengers, it would have been too crowded. It, did, it was just fine with five or six characters. So I don't think you need to have, because, you know, Spider-Man and Wolverine are in the Avengers in various incarnations. I don't know as much about the books, but I do know they're they're uh, present right. in the Avengers at, at various points at the same time as, like, Iron Man. They were, like, the primary characters, funnily enough, compared to, say, Iron Man uh, or Thor, uh, from what I understand. But, you know, as fans, as film fans, we win. We get four movies this year instead of two. Yeah, and Unless only- they're shitty. Yeah, but they're not really. I mean, they haven't been. I mean, like I said, I, I did enjoy Spider-Man, and I enjoyed Captain America a lot. I'm looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm one of the many, many people who are going into that cold, not knowing anything, but the movie looks like fun. They just released a new trailer on the time that we're recording this on the same day. It looks awesome for, for Guardians. It looks amazing. Yeah, I do think that looks like a lot of fun. James Gunn makes good movies, though. I mean, he did Slither, and we all know who starred in Slither, right, Corey? <laughs> Nathan Fillion. That's right. So maybe he's going to show up in Guardians of the Galaxy, and we can all celebrate the return of Captain Reynolds. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Corey's got a halfsy just thinking about he it. He does. Nathan Fillion in a Marvel movie. Oh. Chris, the table only has three legs. The table has three legs. <laughs> it's got five legs now. <laughs> I'm pretty. Uh, that would be pretty awesome. Didn't you hear about... No, I'm and I'm dead serious. Uh, he was doing a panel for something or made an appearance somewhere, and uh, someone said about him, because with his relationship with James Gunn, about being about not being in Guardians of the Galaxy, and his answer was, who said I'm not? Oh, you should see so, Corey's face right well, now. Corey's going to be at the midnight release, yep. and then the 3 a.m. release. have a midnight release. And then the 6 a.m. release. <laughs> with Vaseline and tissues. 
That's right. Talking about X-Men also, like Fox is jumping on board of expanding whatever Marvel characters they have because they're going to do the Fantastic Four over again. Well, I'm sure they're going to cross over at some point, but it's going to be a while. I think they're going to have to do at least two Fantastic Four movies before they cross over with X-Men because they're probably going to go for the younger generation of X-Men that they're going to be introducing over Days of Future Past and Apocalypse. Yeah, and Fox is doing at least one a year because they have Days of Future Past this year. Next year is supposed to be the Fantastic Four then in two years, they said in 2016, X-Men Apocalypse is going to be out. So it's going to be one a year. It's going to be like the half of what Marvel does. And then supposedly a third Wolverine movie. Yeah, yeah that's, that's supposed to too. But Hugh Jackman's retiring the character, retiring playing Wolverine in the near future. Well, no, yeah, but not yet. He's going to be in Apocalypse. And at least the Wolverine. And he said he would come back for a third movie, which I've heard James Mangold, who directed uh, the Wolverine, is... Uh, signed on or in talks or whatever it is but i mean if if it's going to be a good enough movie sure because all they could do is well i can't say all in my mind all they could do is fuck it up because i really really like the wolverine yeah that was great um but is old man logan in the apocalypse storyline Corey? do you know that as far as i know yes he's going to be in as far as what i heard he's going to be in apocalypse and then he's going to do the wolverine after that and that's his last movie as wolverine oh that's what i've heard well i was wondering if they were going to go anywhere with the old man logan character because i thought oh shit you know what i saw on twitter somebody made you know how they've had the the posters leading up to x-men where they have the x over characters faces yeah and basically the background is the older version of let's like obviously magneto and uh professor x yeah and then within the x is the newer face the younger face i should say yep okay someone who made one of those for wolverine i should have sent it to you guys i completely i just thought of it talking about it now and it was in the x as young wolverine was hugh jackman in the background as as let's say old man logan was clint eastwood and it looked fucking great Oh, nice. It looks so good. Oh, I did see one. It was similar. It was, uh, I guess this was a joke one. It was Beast, like the old Beast in the X-Men movie. And then Sully from uh, from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> I saw that one, too. Oh, well, that was fucking brilliant. <laughs> that was really, really funny. Yeah. Oh, man. But I loved the, the um, I'm going to actually send it to you guys right now so you can see what I'm talking about. And it really about. makes you show with those like old X and new X photos how much Michael Fassbender and Ian McKellen look alike. Yeah, that is pretty like, crazy, Really, isn't it? really scary. Yeah, Michael Fassbender is going to be huge yeah. in the next couple of years. He's doing Assassin's Creed. He's doing Assassin's Creed. Oh which fuck could yeah, be awesome. <laughs> yeah, but see, I don't know about. Yeah, Chris, you did. Se- you just sent me that picture, and it looks. Incredible. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. That is awesome. You see that, Corey? Yeah, I saw that. It's pretty cool, actually. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah I, I think that looks really cool. I mean, I don't think. I mean, Clint Eastwood probably wouldn't go for it, but it's still pretty, pretty fucking cool. Pretty fucking sweet. Now with the yeah with with me kind of uh, gushing before or praising the fact that Marvel doesn't have all its properties, I have to say it, it all kind of hit me. I guess it was last week because you guys are talking about Arrow and what a great show Arrow is, and I haven't seen it yet. And they released the extended trailer for the new Flash series that's coming on TV uh, in the fall to coincide because it overlaps with... Uh, Arrow, yeah, he debuted in an episode of Arrow this past right, season. Right, which is interesting because apparently they're going to keep the television and theatrical world separate. So Flash and Green Arrow aren't going to be in the eventual Justice League movie. They're going to keep them as television characters, which I thought was interesting. But then again, they probably saw the example of trying to cross over the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and how that's kind of been met with, I think, more negativity than Doesn't enthusiasm. Yeah. But... Anyway, I, I saw the Flash thing, because I, like I said, I still haven't seen Arrow. It's sitting in, in my Netflix watch list. 
But I saw the, the Flash thing, and I thought, I'm going to have to catch up on two seasons of Arrow, and then The Flash, and even with like Spider-Man, and then thinking about, okay, X-Men's coming up, and I've been re-watching those movies, because it's been a while since I've seen all of them. We superheroed out. Oh my God. I am. I honestly, I'm starting to get superhero fatigue, where I'm not going to watch Arrow or The Flash anytime soon, just because it's yet another series that I'm going to have to keep up on. Like, I only saw Thor, because... I mean, I didn't see Thor and Captain America, the first ones, until after I saw Avengers, because, as you guys know, I had zero interest in seeing those yeah, movies. After Iron Man 2, you were kind of on the uh, away from that whole thing. Then you saw the trailer for the Avengers, you're like, yeah, okay, I'll give it a shot. I mean, Captain America, I was kind of on the fence about, because I thought it could be interesting, but Thor, I, like I said, I always regard as a stupid character, Space Vikings. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, I, I didn't see the movie until after the Avengers, because I thought, okay, I should probably, there are a few holes that should be filled in, because I know who Loki was obviously, going into the Avengers, and then I thought, oh, I should go back and see the other movie. And it's the only reason I sat through the second Thor movie. Yeah, which more people like Loki than they like Thor. Which you really don't need to watch, actually. There's not going to have anything in Thor 2 that's going to overlap into Avengers. Well, now I know that, so... Joke's on you! Joke's on you! (laughs) But when you go back to these properties, also, with Spider-Man, if you look at what Sony's been putting out in the last couple years... Spider-Man is their best thing that they have. I mean, they pretty much have like every old star from the '90s in a bottle, like Adam Sandler, Will Smith. The people still think are entertain that they think audiences think are still entertaining, but they're really not. They really have like nothing that they're churning out. We saw the trailers before Spider-Man. We saw uh, they were putting out well, Twenty Two Jump Street's one of them, and I think people will see that. But Annie, the remake of that, and Will Smith's producing that, and. Every summer, there's a fucking Adam Sandler movie. Unfortunately, this year Warner Brothers is taking the reins of that, which I don't know if they're just. So I, I wonder how him. I wonder how that happened. Well, you know what? That might have come about in the with the underperformance of Jack and Jill, and that's my boy, because those were two years ago. So maybe Sony was less keen. I mean, Grown Ups Two is different because that was probably a, that deal was probably made already because the first Grown Ups was such a hit. But maybe they were hesitant to take on another Adam Sandler comedy. And maybe that's why another studio picked it up. Because they don't have much in the pipeline anyway. Like, soon, I don't know how many movies Sony puts out a year, like, in general. I know they're putting out, they put Spider-Man out, they have 22 Jump Street this summer, and then Annie at the end of the year, the remake of that, which looks atrocious. But, which we all know why, you racist oh, son of a bitch. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's, that's not why. It just looks, I mean, I don't like musicals anyway, but it looks so generic. It looks excruciating. Wait, on a side How note. many times is Jamie Foxx going to play Obama? Wait, wait, on a side <laughs> Let's be note. honest. On a side note here, Chris, did, did Jack ever tell you what he said after he saw the trailer? He says, oh, no, I didn't say it. I'm like, there's no little black girls named Annie anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the evidence supports that. <laughs> Let's be honest. Wow. <laughs> it's rare. Does that explain why she's an orphan, Jack? Uh, probably. <laughs> Is Annie short for a much longer, more complicated name? Something more ethnic, Jack? <laughs> From Africa? <laughs> what was your name for her, Corey? What? What was your name? So, you know, why would you want her to be named? Like after? Oh you're... yeah. What would you want her name to be instead? What? Bon Quiqui? Unfufu, like the Eddie Murphy thing. Little orphan Unfufu. No, yeah. You know what? The funny thing, though, getting back to Sony and and well, just Adam Sandler movies in general. That's the funny thing about Adam Sandler movies. Adam Sandler is like the Nickelback of movies, where makes a ton of money, <laughs> nobody admits to liking it. Yeah. Yeah. He used to be good. But honestly, like, I don't know anybody who goes to see, and I mean that, seriously, I don't know anybody who goes to see Adam Sandler movies in the theater, but they all make, a hundred, with the exception of Jack and Jill and That's My Boy, they've all made over $100 million for the last 
eight years. They're the same at least? exact fucking movie. Mm-hmm. It's oh, he's going. He has a love interest that's not really his love interest, and by the end, they're in love. Yeah, it's just him and his friends making stupid movies. That's it. Well, that's see. Here's the one thing I can appreciate about Adam. First of all, I've met him. He's a nice guy. I met him years ago when uh, I worked in a store. The first time I lived out here in California, incredibly nice guy. So I have nothing against the man on a on a personal level. But I have a lot of respect for the fact, and I appreciate that. And frankly, I I would love to have a career in a similar way that that he does, and that I get twenty million dollars a year to make a movie with my friends. But he does. All of his friends are in his movies. He uses the same people. Because they're all friends. He's been friends with Nick Swartzen and all these other people for years. So that's why he gets putting him in like the movie. Al Pacino to do a stupid piece of shit like Jack and Jill also. Well, what's the last good Al Pacino movie you've seen? Be honest. I enjoyed Stand Up Guys. Stand Up Guys. Okay, prior to that, <laughs> what was the last good Al Pacino movie? Let's not act like... Heat. Heat. Yeah, exactly. And that was 19 Probably years heat. ago. Yeah. That, that kind of says it all. Well, him and De Niro are in the same ballpark, but they'll just take any piece of shit that comes their way just to keep busy. I think so. But see, here's the thing I like about it. And I talked about it on my show kind of recently. And, and part of it came from having seen uh, Las Vegas, which I do. I really, really like that movie a lot. I thought that was a lot of fun. I do love the fact that some of these older actors like De Niro and Morgan Freeman and even Harrison Ford. I like the fact that they're working now more than ever when you would consider guys in their 70s to be past their prime. They're all in four movies a year. Right, and they're doing things that are, they're doing things that are, you wouldn't, like 10 years ago, even 15 years ago, you would say, oh, they'd never be in a movie like that. Harrison Ford only did a movie every two years about 10 years ago. And yeah, and he was literally in four movies in 2013. Yeah, ever since Crystal Skull was released, he's been in more movies than, than I could ever remember. Because he enjoys it. He realizes, you know, he's missed a lot of things by skipping out on movies and not doing certain roles. And he's done stupid roles. I mean, look, he's in Expendables 3, which I don't <laughs> yeah, think Yeah, but that's going to be fucking consider. badass, Corey. Yeah, don't you be dare amazing. talk smack about Expendables no, no, 3. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm actually looking forward to it. But like 10 I'm years just not going to sit by you guys in the theater because all you're going to do is laugh. I won't be able to hear the fucking <laughs> movies. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I've got to say, when I come home, actually, that's one of my, my plans. With Dan and I are spending a day together, and one of those days is going to one of the activities for that day includes seeing Expendables 3 together. So I'm holding out to see that with Dan because uh, what a blast! That would be great. <laughs> um, I have to say, one of the things when talk about the uh, let's say the the fatigue and the overhyping and uh, everything else I was saying as far as time goes, I get the point of putting stuff out so far in advance. But like with the just, I'm not going to talk about the actual photo, but let's talk about the Batman and Batmobile photo that came out. The movie is two years away. Is it absolutely necessary to wet? fanboy appetites so far in advance when something's so far away it, it kind of as a fan you look at it, it's like oh sweet oh wait i gotta wait two years to well, see this i think i think it's okay if if a month from now they really they don't release anything else if they start releasing something every month that's gonna be, be something at comic-con in july i think guaranteed well that's be... fine but that because everything that's when they unveil everything yeah. but i think it's it's fine if they're releasing something now because all the Marvel movies are coming out right around this time. They're kind of just reminding everybody, hey, we have this thing on the horizon. Don't forget about us. And if that's the only thing they do for like six months, that's fine. I had no problem with it. But if they continuously keep releasing things every single month... It's going right. to saturate because what else are you right. looking forward to? Right. Like I, like I don't think that's going to happen with Star Wars because I think that... Well, I think by year's end we're going to see a trailer. I think by by December, around the time The Hobbit comes out. See, with the Star Wars thing, that's one of the things that I... I mean, 
I'm not a Star Wars fan. I've said it many times. Uh, I like the first three movies. I don't love them. And I have zero anticipation for the new ones. If they look like fun movies, I'll go. But I'm not going to see them strictly on the strength of them being Star Wars movies. But I like the fact that we haven't been inundated with Episode 7 stuff. I mean, even last year when Disney had the D23 Expo, Disney's answer to Comic-Con, I like the fact that there was no mention of Star Wars whatsoever and that everything about Star Wars has been kept quiet because they're not oversaturating and they're not right. building it up because it's still a year and a half away. So I have a lot of respect for that. It's very slowly. They right. haven't an animated series. Yeah, yeah frankly, Disney is handling it definitely. rather well with most of their franchises. They're not oversaturating. Uh, they're, they're, they're handling it really, really well advertisement-wise. And I think also that they want to like not disappoint the audience because... I mean, we've been through Marvel movies that have been disappointing, and now we got the Avengers series, and it hits. There hasn't been a lot of fan gripe about it, and maybe they want that with Star Wars because Star Wars fans have been burned too plenty of times. Three times, by my count. <laughs> well, two, well, two, two, three was great. Episode three was mm, great. See, was I good. still know a bunch of people though who just completely disregard the prequels. Well, Hayden Christensen's acting is terrible in two and three. Well, we seeing how he's the, right, the fucking star of the movie, you'd think that would drag it down a little bit. But whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I actually, I hate the second one. That's really the one I really hate. I didn't even hate the first one. I didn't I didn't finish. I still haven't finished the second one. I haven't finished the first or second one. The third one's the, the only the, one I did. Just finish. skip to the end. Just skip to the fight at the end of the I movie. I don't care that's about the fucking fight. The last 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. That's all you need. The love story is pathetic. Chris is only there for the love story. Oh, it's pathetic. You. you know it. No, I have no interest. It's like, uh, somebody gave me a high, a high school English book. We're going to just write quotes from there. <laughs> If uh, that, yeah, who the that's hell? That's the way George Lucas's love life goes. It's it's no wonder he was single like for a long time. Well, really. see, book. but I think that is a side effect of when you have the filmmaker, I should say, when the filmmaker has complete control and nobody's telling them no or maybe you should change this. And I look at that as being the same problem with The Dark Knight Rises. No one's going to tell Christopher Nolan, oh, you got a bunch of holes in this thing <laughs> because he made The Dark yeah. Knight and then he made Inception. Nobody was going to tell him how to make a movie. And then Dark Knight Rises comes out, and it's the least inspired of all his movies, hands down. Not just the weakest Batman movie, it's the weakest Christopher Nolan movie. I can agree with that. I'll, I'll agree. Yeah, I'll give you that, too. The Dark Knight Rises is definitely his weakest film. Well, because all the rest of them are really... I mean, he has some really, really creative, the original Intricate ideas. stories and everything else, and this one's just kind of like... He just kind of satisfied that it's going to be the biggest release... Super blockbuster. I think I, it I, it bought into its own hype kind of thing of like it's this big super blockbuster. I think he was just worn and, out. I think it's the same as like what happened with Spider Man Three. Is Sam Raimi shepherded the first two movies along by the third one, just didn't have enough fire to. And he said after great the story. Dark Knight, he wasn't sure if he was going back. Totally, he actually said that. He said we waited for like two years to get some sort of announcement, and it was just like, well, that's yeah. what I think that J.J. Uh, Abrams is doing smartly. He's getting out of Star Trek because you know what he he doesn't feel like you know he did a mediocre job with the second one. His heart wasn't in it. You right. could look so at that he's movie. like his he's like you know really what I don't want to ruin. This I've series. seen it several times since its release, and it just it, his heart was completely not in it. Where he gave the same ending, it's like uh. You could have done a little bit better, and we could have been sold more that this was going to be a big action-packed film. And at the end, it's just the same kind of thing of like it's the exact same ending of Wrath of Khan. It's it's a little like yeah, this dude's heart really wasn't but in this wait, movie. Roles are reversed. Yeah, Vulcan Khan. Yeah, somebody else yeah. shouts Khan. Crazy. It's not Khan. It's not Khan. Guess what? It's Khan. <laughs> yeah, give me a break. And also, that's somebody said, uh, we're fans of the Screen Junkies show, and they said recently about Transformers, give somebody else a shot, because Michael Bay looks like he's tired with these Transformers movies, too. 
How many times can you just throw green screen and shit and be like, all right, this is a giant robot. But he's riding a robot this time and c- carrying a sword. Isn't your inner child just squeeing with delight? <laughs> no? Oh, shit. I'm more excited about Guardians of the Galaxy than Transformers. Really? See, that's interesting. Now, yeah. I, I, oh, totally. Guardians and X-Men are my two, two movies this summer I want to see more than anything. Really? Transformers I mean, is almost like an afterthought for me now. <laughs> wow. I was surprised to hear you say that. No, I, I'll, I'll see it, but it's just like, uh, it, it doesn't, it's not on my radar like the other ones are. Like, Guardians is more, that looks like fun. That looks like when I watched... It does. It looks like... Like the first time I watched Monday Night Raw, it's that kind of Well, Like the first time I saw Star Wars, almost. It looks like that kind of fun. It kind of reminds me of Serenity. Oh, I'm out. And it's ruined. Well, now I don't want to see Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy any fucking more. Sorry, Marvel. You, you just lost two ticket sales. <laughs> don't worry. I'll make, up, I'll make up for it. I'll go see it three times, Marvel. Don't buy two worry. more tickets. Cast me. <laughs> two more tickets. I'll just stretch out. Uh-huh. Do you need a plucky sidekick? <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it, I think that movie, Vin Diesel's star, uh, the role he's in is the role he was born to play. A giant piece of wood with no personality whatsoever. It's the story of his acting career. Yeah. <laughs> the role he was born to play, a piece of wood. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha. That's true. <laughs> it's not true. We, I think we should recommend some reliable movie sources because there's so many out there now. There's so many sites that are just aggregates for news. I would absolutely like to tell people some of the, the good sites we visit where we get some good stuff. Like you guys mentioned the Screen Junkie show, so we'll come back to that. But one of the sites I follow on Twitter is Box Office Mojo, who is incredibly accurate and very much puts out, just like everybody does, but puts out real-time Indeed. stats. I agree. And they put out a tweet May 14th, which is, is last week from when we're recording this, and... Here, here's the information, which I, I was actually curious about this, so I'm glad they posted it. Uh, the tweet is as follows. There are currently 35 movies scheduled between November 2016 and December 2018. 23 of them are vague, quote, untitled projects. I don't understand the sudden trend with putting out release dates and then not saying what the movies are. Like, such such a studio is putting out yeah, a project it's, it's, on such such It's a date. not a grab bag. It's not a mystery toy. It's not anything like that. It's like, oh, there's a release date for something. Something? What could that be? It could be anything. Well, I, I can at least, I kind of get it with Marvel, because Marvel obviously has long-term plans. So I get them saying we're releasing a movie, like when they had the date, which now is the same date for Man of Steel 2. Uh, for Captain America 3, they had that date and saying an untitled Marvel movie, which we now know is going to be Captain America 3. It's different for them when they're saying, if they want to kind of whet the appetites of, of fans and people looking forward to how they're building their cinematic universe. Yeah, because there's enough there that could be that they could pull from. And I think I listened to the Nerdist episode with Kevin Feige on it, and he said that they're up to 2028 is when this series is projected to go till. So there could be Oh, yeah, anything. I mean, but that's that's the thing I don't understand. You see all these things, and like I said before about putting out the Batman photo, all these plans for things that are so far out. I mean, movies that are four and a half years away, untitled project for this release date. And I think more often than not, the release dates end up shifting anyway. Right, it's just like a placeholder. Yeah, like what the hell, what's the trend? I mean, 30, that's a hell of a lot of movies. 35 movies over the span of two years that we don't know what the hell the movies are going to be like. What's the point in announcing a release date? Yeah, it could, for all we I, know, I don't understand. For all we know, it could be Sugar on Snow the movie. Oh, it, yeah, it could be a New England Christmas, <laughs> starring Adam Sandler. Oh God, and Kevin James <laughs> yeah, as Corey. No, yes. 
<laughs> Fuck you, Chris. Yeah, I know. What are we going to do with all this sugar on snow? I guess we're going to have to eat it. I guess we eat it. <laughs> yeah, that's all it's going to be. Yeah, but all these release dates, it just hands into this like generation now of kids that just spoiled and spoiled. When we were kids, we had one or two movies in summer. Between Memorial Day and Fourth of July is when the blockbusters came out, and there were like two or three. That's it. Oh, yeah. And then the rest of summer was a fucking wash. Like, it could be anything. And like every month, there's like five movies. It's like, I, I didn't have that when I was a kid. I'm too poor to go to movies more than two a year. Are you yeah, kidding me? It's just like... Fucking <laughs> 1996, we had Independence Day, and we were fine. Now there's, like, everything. <laughs> we had Independence Day, and we were thankful to get it. <laughs> yeah, we were thankful to have that damn movie. We walked to the theater t- uphill In 1998, in we had a Godzilla movie, and we were thankful to get it. <laughs> no, we weren't. Well, I was happy to get a Chalupa. After Batman and Robin, <laughs> the year before. Yeah. After the yeah, heartbreak, that, that was turned. Batman and Robin. But that's okay, because yeah, that- Con Air came out the same time, so... Anyway, that is true. No, but uh, I don't know. I feel like all this stuff. I, I just think there's, with there being so much in our faces, so many things to distract us and take away our attention, and the fact that everybody's fighting for a way to attract and maintain an audience. I feel like there's really is a point of oversaturation when it comes to. Do, is it necessary? Do they think they're building any kind of hype towards something by putting out just giving a release date, an untitled? I mean. With the exception of Marvel, because I get it. They have tons of characters to draw from that are, as of now, unaccounted for. Well, I bet one of them's Lethal Weapon Remake. Um, well, no, because that's been announced already, though. That's right. Oh, let's talk about... Uh, that's that's a good thing. Let's talk about remakes for a minute. Yeah, and how well they don't do. How well they actually... Some of them do. No. Like what? Well, like what remake? Uh, what no, remake I'm, trumped I'm, the honestly, first I one know. first in terms of a good story and box office? Now, are we talking about just original movie or original idea that was already made and then turned into a movie? Like 22, no, no, 21 I, Jump Street did really well. Well, let's talk about that. Like 21 Jump Street, they just co-opted the title. It doesn't have anything to do with 21 Jump Street, the TV show. But that's not a remake, though, because that's based on a right. TV show. Like something like... RoboCop, Total Recall. Yeah, like Total Recall. Same thing in name only. Piece of shit. Yeah, but that's that what I mean. Like last movie. that, that didn't do well. What other what other remakes are there that have actually paid off? And who do they think is going to go see these movies? Batman paid off. <laughs> but that's different, though. That's a property that's existed. Just like anything. That's a remake. Yeah, but come on. But Batman's exi- Batman's like Doctor Seuss. It's existed in many carnations over incarnations over decades. Carnations. <laughs> yes, it's it, listen. Batman's been an instant breakfast for a long time. No, <laughs> Batman has existed in multiple forms of media. It's been on television, it's been in comic books and graphic novels, and it's been movies. So that has existed across so many different types of media. That's different. I'm talking about when they remake Total Recall or Prom Night or My Bloody Valentine or you know whatever it is that they Friday the Thirteenth or A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I mean they're, they're doing another Friday the Thirteenth reboot. They are because now Paramount has the rights to it again. Because Warner Brothers had it, so they did the remake from five years ago. I believe it was 2009. Yeah, but who's going to go see Jason again? I don't know. I, I mean, just don't know if that resonates anymore. It's like teenagers are going to have sex and get killed. Back in the 80s. Well, I'm stuck in the Wait, 80s. That are, they, are they going to beat people to death with a, with a person in a sleeping bag? That was probably the best scene ever. <laughs> or Kevin Bacon getting stabbed through the bottom of the bed. That was cool, even though Jason didn't do it. That was hysterical in the first one. Yeah, I think that, and I actually looked on Box Office Mojo. They're projecting to have a sequel already for this Friday the Thirteenth reboot, like a year after this is supposed to come out in 2015 or whatever it's going to be. Probably be on Halloween. Yeah, 
I know on a Friday the thirteenth. So any month, like I think they're planning a summer release, like because it's like a May thirteenth or June thirteenth or something. Because you know that's the gimmick. Hey, go see Friday the thirteenth on Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, like that's not been fucking done before, really. Of course. Well, the movie I'm actually—it's not really a remake, but it's another movie and an old from an old movie. The show I'm a little intrigued about, but I don't know how it's going to be at all. Is the next uh, Beverly Hills Cop movie? Because they announced the fourth one. They did actually. I, you know what? I'm I honestly see it. Beverly Hills Cop. Well, I'm, my I'm, hope is that Eddie Murphy can do a good job. I'm, I'm I'm happier that they're doing another movie instead of a TV show. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, they pass on the TV show. Yeah. So CBS passed on that. Right. So all I know is it, it better be rated R because they're see, doing all these rated R comedies. I wonder. There's no excuse why not to do a rated R Beverly Hills Cop movie. Yeah. Well, I think it'd be no stupid because who's going to want to go see a PG-13 Beverly Hills Cop? No 13-year-old is going to want to see Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, they're not going to want to go see Eddie Murphy in his 50s. It's not like, oh, Dr. Doolittle's a cop now? Great. Like, they're not going to show up for the movie. That's why I don't understand <laughs> with the dumbing down of uh, or watering down the ratings. That makes that makes so it's Daddy little daycare. sense to me. Yeah, yeah, that too. Oh, which I only saw because Cheap Trick was in it. <laughs> But um, I mean, let's let's think about though. What remakes have have turned out well? Forget sequels for a minute. Like, did they remake Arthur, figuring well, Russell Brand's in it, everyone's gonna go? Or like the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes? I mean, there's so many. Oh, that movie fucking sucked. That yeah, yeah but the, oh my god, but that that the remake sucked. of the remake was actually really good though. Rise of the Planet of the Apes is amazing, and I'm looking for. I can't wait for Dawn of the Planet. Ah, uh, that was okay. I'm not. I'm not nearly as interested in, in Dawn of the Planet. I only saw Rise because I thought, ah, eh, why not? I don't know. That's one I understand. Or like Fright Night. There's another one that they remade, which Corey liked because he's Corey. I do like that movie. But oh my God, there's <laughs> there's so many of those movies that were. I think who did they who did they make this for? Who did they really think people were going to show up? I mean, nobody makes a movie with the hope that they're going to lose money. But think about it, there are only a handful of remakes that people have actually shown up for: The Italian Job, The Departed. Scarface. I mean, there's really only a few that you can look at and say, okay, they did well. Well, let's see, a lot of those, I think the, the thing was also is that they waited a good amount of time, too. A lot of those Decades. movies are from the 70s and late 60s even, and they waited 20, 30 years, not even 20 years, like 30 years before they remade those movies. These movies that are remade now are... Fairly um, recent from when we were kids. Years yeah. Or less, yeah. Some of them. It's true. I agree with that. I mean, like Ocean's Eleven, fine. That came along at a time where, yes, it's been a long time. It was a swing in 60s and everything else. Yeah, it's been 40 years. All that, you know, Frank and the boys were, you know, having a fun night and everybody wanted that lifestyle. Oh, let's put them on screen together right. and have fun. And now, 40 years later, George Clooney is the, you know, new suave guy in Hollywood. Get all his friends together and there you go. You've got something good. Well, it also works it in works. a modern context. Fucking Total Recall. Let's replace Arnold with Colin Farrell, the guy who hasn't been in a lot of shit as of late and let's see if it works. No. It's not going to work. Footloose. How about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who was going to show up to Footloose? Did they really think <laughs> yeah. teenagers are going to go crazy for a town where people actually, aren't allowed to dance? Yeah. But they actually, there's a lot of people that love that movie. What, Ooh. the Footloose remake? Nobody loves that movie. Yeah. Nobody loves no, that there, movie. There's a, there's a lot of people who like that movie. I've yet to meet them. <laughs> yeah. No. no. Maybe you do. Them. That's, but that's also because Corey likes remakes like Fright Night and Conan the Barbarian. Corey likes unnecessary remakes, so Ooh, we're talking to the wrong the, person. Did you see the... Did you see the... Uh, they just released a trailer for King Conan with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, God. <laughs> it's called King Conan. It's coming... Or King Conan. It's coming out uh, in Christmas, I think. 
It's the, it's the next Sadly, the our, our heroes Schwarzenegger and Stallone have not had a good run of late at the box office. And mm, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I mean, been, I mean, Sabotage I just, closed the other day with the lowest grossing movie in 30 years for Arnold. Yeah, I think Red Sonia <laughs> yeah. was his lowest That's what they said. It was Red Sonia. Was, it was the only thing that it didn't outgross. Or, outgross. Yeah. It, it, or, or the last movie he made that made so little, which was you know 30 years ago. But I just don't know if anyone's into seeing those kind of movies anymore. I just don't know if anyone wants to see big, dumb action movies. I mean, when they do, it's something like Expendables, but that's also because it's an all-star cast. That's what gets you into the theater. Yeah, they don't, they don't advertise what the story's about. They said, guess who's in this movie this yeah. time? That's Kelsey Grammer, like, like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, <laughs> Statham, Lee, and you don't need to know anything else. Just show yeah. up. Wesley Snipes, a.k.a. Murtaugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Corey. Let me ask you guys this, since you're both big geeks. Now, when it comes to sequels this late in the game, way late, like Independence Day, and now they're making Jurassic World... I'm I'm okay Beetlejuice with Jurassic. Too. I'm okay with Jurassic Park next one. I'm um, fine with Jurassic Park, but the rest of them. Here's the thing: I'll, I I will give them a shot because it's a whole new group of writers. It's a whole new group of people. I don't know if they're going to get the original actors involved or not, or if they even want to get involved. Like, but I mean, with like Independence Day doing two sequels twenty years later. I mean, are you guys actually interested in that at this point? I mean, I'm not saying will you see it. I'm saying I, do you not really. Am, again, it's a, it goes back to getting lost in the shuffle of like I, so many. I am many. a little bit interested because they actually explain it, because they actually make a rational explanation of it. Unlike Beverly Hills Cop Four, which is just hey, here's old Betty Murphy trying to make some wise cracking jokes. <laughs> well, we don't know what that's going to be about yet. Independence Day. We definitely know it's something to do with aliens. I mean, Independence Day for me, at the end of the movie... I'm pretty sure it's not going to be about aliens. I'm pretty sure it's going to be something about Beverly Hills. No, I'm talking about Independence Day, fool. Jesus. And I'm talking about Beverly Hills Cop. I know. I was saying with Beverly Hills Cop, we don't know what it's going to be about necessarily. I mean, yes, cops. But Independence Day, it's going to have something to do with an alien invasion. But I mean, 20 years later... For me, in 1996, when we all saw this movie, we said, the end... You believed it. It's the end. What else could they do? They destroyed the mothership. They destroyed everything. Well, they saved the world. Well, the, 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 like the now, twenty is, years later, it's like, oh, they're back. But well, wait, no, I thought we destroyed everything. No, because they didn't destroy everything. That was just a scout ship. The whole fleets come back. That's the whole thing. It takes twenty years to travel from wherever they're from, and they're back to get revenge for killing their, for destroying their scout ship. That's essentially the plot. But are you interested though? I mean, in as much as, are you thinking, yes, this needs a sequel? No, I don't no. think it needs a sequel. I don't think that, but I will watch it because it's going to be made. I think there's a grace period, though, where stuff like that doesn't pan out. I mean, a Zoolander sequel's in development. It's been, what, 13 years since the first I think one? I like a lot of these studios or whoever's in charge now are thinking, like, they, they missed the boat so I'll, many years I'll ago. Give you, a I'll Beetlejuice 2 should have been made in, like, 1991. Like when it was still relevant, not 2015 or whenever it's projected to come yeah. out. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a good example of a movie that probably at this point doesn't need a sequel, but I'll probably watch it and it might be good. The sequel to Sin City. I think they missed the boat on that. I think it's way too late. Yeah, I think that's been that way too nine long. Nine years ago. That should have come out like 2007, 2008. Because yeah. I, I watched Sin City yesterday and I liked it. I enjoy that movie a lot. But. Now I think about it, I mean, I like the actors in this movie, and I like that they're pretty much bringing back the, all the old ones anyway, Mickey Rourke and Bruce Willis are coming back, so it, it seems like they're just going to be a bunch of prequel stuff. I mean, the movie jumps around anyway, 
So it's not like there's any kind of timeline. But also with this new one coming out, it comes out at the it's the last movie, last big summer release. I don't think it's a big summer release though. I don't think it, there's much anticipation behind it. That's why they're releasing at the end of yeah. That's why they're releasing at the but end. But is of anybody going to care like after a barrage of movies we've seen all summer, is anybody going to be like, "Oh, there's a Sin City movie?" 10 years later. Yeah, August is kind of a, a dumping ground. I mean, I don't know. I think the window for something like Sin City closed. I think it should have happened sooner. In the same way, you guys might argue with it, but something like Anchorman. I mean, most people I know hated Anchorman 2. I know you two enjoyed it, but I know oh, there are I tons of people. I could watch an Anchorman movie like every 10 years if they do that. That I could tolerate. Every 10 years, that'd be fine for me. I don't. We'll see, but I think, I think part of it is the novelty wore off. Because that was another one. It was what nine years later, I think, was the yeah. first one. Oh four, something like that. So I think there's, I do think there's a window when it comes to adding on to something. I mean, I don't know what it is necessarily, but because there's so much saturation and because there are two or three big releases that come out every Friday, I think there's a point where you can't expect people are just going to show up for a sequel after so long or thinking, I mean, even Spider-Man is an example. We've had five of these movies in 12 years. Is anybody going to come out who is, you know, who is just the average moviegoer, the person who goes to see, let's say six movies a year. Are they going to necessarily come out to see it? Probably not. And are, even if all the hardcore fans do show up, it's only going to make so much money. I mean, the way, just for example, the way it works out with inflation, Anchorman two did about the same business as Anchorman one did. The only coup for that was internationally because the first one, didn't do well internationally because it wasn't really, as I understand it, wasn't really didn't have a big push internationally. Whereas there's, it has a big following in the UK, so internationally it made a lot of money the second time around. But I don't know. I just feel like in a lot of ways there's, like I said, I'm not sure what it is, but I feel like there's only a certain amount of time where there's relevance. Relevance, and I think Sin City is one of those examples where it's just been too long. Had they done it in 08, it would have been fine. You know, you do it three, four years later, fine. We didn't need a Spy Kids 4. Yeah, that's a standard fare for if you want to do a sequel. Like right. Two, three years tops. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't think, I'm, I'm going to see the movie because I enjoy, I enjoy Robert Rodriguez's movies overall, his adult movies. I like the first Sin City a lot. I, right. I really, really love that movie actually when I saw it. That was one that I went in thinking this is going to be cool and I was actually blown away by all different aspects of it. See, I need to see it again because I wasn't thrilled with it the first time. I, I, saw I watched it. it again yesterday or two days ago, and I was just it was still just as good as I remembered it. It was bloody and gory, and the dialogue was cheesy, and but you know what? It was still fun. All right, the one last thing before we we pack it in for this week uh, has to do when it comes to if we've learned one thing from this episode, it's that I've been annoyed by a lot of the fanboy chatter that I hear. Lately, and uh, one of the things people get so up in arms about, fans particularly get up in arms about, is when it comes to replacing actors for roles. Because with Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine maybe two more times, looks like Robert Downey Jr. will only be Tony Stark Iron Man for two more movies. There's always this outcry. Nobody else can play that character. Nobody else is Wolverine. Nobody else is Tony Stark. And I do honestly think that everyone is replaceable and probably has to be replaced at some point because, I mean, frankly, I think the British are very good about it because James Bond has been replaced many times, even though they're, the only real backlash was when they got Daniel Craig, but that he was everyone was swiftly proven right. wrong as soon as Casino Royale came out. Oh, yeah. Right. That, that was my and then example. Completely justified after the success of Skyfall. Or, but even Doctor Who. Well, there have been like 13 doctors or something. 11. Like, I think the British are more embracing of replacing actors 
for parts, or at least just the evolution of yeah. things. Like the only major role in this country we've had replaced several times was Batman, Batman and Superman a couple of times. That's yeah, it. and Superman. They're really as far as movies go, they're only up to three anyway, and they'll be sticking with yeah. Henry Cavill for a while. But I mean, what do you guys think about that? Are you, are you okay with them replacing? I mean, the Joker's going to be a problem whenever they revisit the Joker, because everyone's so in love with Heath Ledger. Well, the show goes on, as they say. Right. Let, let me give you an example of an actual the Joker. They have Mark Hamill doesn't do the voice of the Joker anymore in any of the TV shows, video games, or anything right. like that. He retired from the second Arkham City after game. years too. He'd been after, doing it for about twenty years. Right. He's been doing it forever. So he finally retired the voice, and they had to find a new someone else to do the voice for the Joker. And they found somebody who sounds very similar, but he did a fantastic job. If if you told an average person who just knows the Joker's voice to tell the difference, you probably wouldn't be able to. It's just finding the right talent, I think, yeah. overall. I think taking the time to really find the talent to replace to really replace the person. I didn't think Brandon Routh did a very bad job with Superman overall. Like he, he played I don't think Superman so either. Really I thought well. the he, movie itself was looked, a problem, but not him. He looked like Superman. He sounded like Superman. But I think Henry Cavill, when I first heard him being announced, I, was, I didn't like it at all. Until I watched it, and I thought he was a very convincing Superman. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so but my example is James Bond. James Bond is has been changed throughout the years. People talk about how you still have arguments, heated debates with who's the best Bond. Most people will probably still say Sean Connery is the best Bond. But now you're getting a lot of people who say Daniel Craig's the best Bond. I personally like Roger Moore, but I like the more comedic Bond anyway. But that's just me. It's preference. But switching actors should be a natural progression if something's going to exist for, let's say, 50 years like James Bond or over decades I mean, like it, Batman. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a thing like when Tony Stark gets replaced by like when Robert Downey Jr. is replaced as somebody else playing Tony Stark. It's going to be a little weird. But it, like Corey said, you've got to find the right person. And, right. and if it's the same, if they're rebooting it all, that's then they have to reimagine. I don't think they have to start. reboot every single time that happens. Though. They don't need to, but it, it depends on I what mean, they're going to do. I don't like it when they replace actors mid-trilogies or something, like Maggie Gyllenhaal for The Dark Knight. I didn't like how they did Terrence Howard. Replaced, they replaced uh, Don Cheadle with, uh, in the last two Iron Man movies. That's one thing with replacing actors that I think pisses me and maybe just about anybody off. But... Like, if you're going to do, like, after Avengers 3, if Iron Man comes back, like, five years later, help the Avengers and it's something different, you don't have to reboot Iron Man. We know how it happens. Yeah, but, I mean, it also depends if it's going to be in the same series. Is it going to be, here's, I don't know, throw, throw random, here's Hugh, Jack, here's, um, here's Hugh Grant as Iron Man now. Is he the same Tony Stark? I mean, is this Tony Stark? Disney would fucking... Well, no, I mean, but is it is it is it just someone else in the Iron Man suit, or is it... Tony Stark is this just someone else playing Robert Downey Jr. It'll be it'll be somebody else playing Tony Stark. That's the same reason we will only have a Bruce Wayne Batman, a Spider Man who's Peter Parker. It, it like they won't change over the main people because in the general moviegoers' consciousness, they know certain people. They're going to know Tony Stark as Iron Man. They're not going to know like Pepper Potts was Iron Man for a while, I believe. She took over in the books. Right, but but the same but the same yeah. thing when when they got Christian Bale to do Bruce Wayne, they, they didn't say to him, "All right, you need to act exactly like Michael Keaton did." Do exactly that. They're not going to tell the next person who takes over for Robert Downey Jr. You have to be, you ha you have to be, Robert Downey Jr. Exactly like the other movies, so we don't miss out on that same witty banter back right. and forth. 
I think he's going to have to. You're going to have to. If you do that, then it's going to ruin it. You have to create your own. He has character. to evolve. Like maybe something happens to Tony Stark at the end of Avengers. Well, 3. it doesn't even matter that you have to have your own. And he's like bitter and angry or something like that. Maybe he's to, got a worse drinking problem. Who knows? <laughs> or he gets killed. Ooh. Yeah, could happen. See, with the Marvel movies, I think it's going to be a little bit different since they have a plan for the next 14, 15 years. They're going to be expanding and bringing characters into that universe, and naturally characters are going to come out of the universe. So Iron Man isn't always going to be in this universe. Neither is Thor, neither is Captain America. Or if they bring him back in, they might do like Star Wars did and bring him in 20 years later. Right. Where the same actors are going to play them, but as older... It doesn't have to be the same people all the time. Older versions of the characters. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, where do you... Since we've talked a little bit about different resources here and there, uh, where is it you guys like getting your your movie information from? Because that's something we've never really talked about, even though we talked in bits and pieces about read on here and there. My ass, you read. Uh, Personally, I, I follow... I check the websites and the Twitter feeds of Box Office Mojo, as I mentioned, Video ETA, which I actually realized I've been going to for, for 12 years. I remember that in 2002 was the first time I stumbled upon that site. I follow um, Empire Magazine on Twitter and Facebook. Um, IMAX, I follow AMC Theaters uh, are some of the ones I always follow. Or they actually have good in, like good information. Mostly AMC is based of like starting at AMC Theaters on Friday, but they also just they have a weekly a daily podcast also. They, yes, I do. I do listen to that AMC Movie Talk. That is a great show. Yeah, so they have a daily talk for movie fans, and it's it's just like normal chatter, like we're having on this episode now. Right, or a response to news that actually broke. Like, what are your impressions of the new Batmobile and Batman suit and things like that? So, yeah, I, I like AMC Movie Talk a lot. And they do it right here in Burbank, where I am, so that's pretty and awesome. IMAX has, usually they have featurettes for movies that are in IMAX or coming to IMAX. Uh, specialized features on how movies are made, certain things like that you'd see on a DVD or Blu-ray release, they would have a yeah, link. I don't. I don't follow any of those people. I go to Jackpedia. And I follow Nathan Fillion, and he gives me all the information I need about what's going on in geek culture, because Captain Reynolds knows <laughs> I best. I actually don't even look at Twitter anymore. The last time I looked at Twitter might have been a month ago. But I love Twitter. You know, I go to, usually go to Jackpedia, and then there's, uh, there's one movie reviewer I always watch. Oh, um, but that guy's such a biased the, asshole. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he's from Boston. He's called the Movie oh. Bob. He just does weekly reviews on movies, and sometimes it's hit and miss. Sometimes and he I doesn't completely like anything. agree with him. Sometimes I don't. He's he brings a more. He's technical. like the anti Ryan. He doesn't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's he's like me. Like you. He's more like you. Yeah, probably it's like you. Love it's him. like you. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably love him. He's really really sarcastic and kind of an asshole sometimes. So it's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, you I with a Boston him, accent. We should give his name. His name is the mo- movie Bob or something. Yeah, and, and we mentioned Screen Junkies already. Screen Junkies does their own show, and uh, they do interviews, and of course they do the. The honest trailers as well, which are pretty much always right on the nose. Yep. Oh, especially for Gravity, a piece of trash. No. You know what? I gotta say one more thing before we go. I don't get the fucking phenomenon of Frozen. Yeah, I fuck Frozen. Because well, you need to watch it. I don't want to watch this movie. Well then, I've heard that song so many fucking times, and I will never watch that movie in my life. Well, then you Between can't scary say, kids at work singing it. it and their parents singing it with them, and all the fucking propaganda, that fucking snowman. I fucking hate that little thing. I can't. I, I can't fucking do this. If I have a daughter one day, then 
you will watch it. I Good might luck. have to, but until then, I'm <laughs> I keeping like it. How we completely until then, mid mid rant. <laughs> oh yeah, if my daughter wants to watch that, I'll probably watch it. Then. I'll probably have to suffer through it one day. But you know what? Until then, <laughs> I'm wrapping it up because I am not fucking watching that movie. Bro- Frozen is my birth control. I, I can't do it. No. Nope. <laughs> Even if I have a daughter, I'm going to tell her she wants to watch the movie. She's going to have to go to the orphanage to watch it. <laughs> Sorry, kid. That's where I draw the line. Can't do it. Yeah, it's I'm not a from prick. the 80s. You're not allowed to watch it. Ugh. Oh bullshit! Oh, it's not only that. I was never a big fan of Disney growing up. Disney movies were sad. I didn't want to be sad. There was yeah. a couple here and there. Something Aladdin's great. Oliver and Company was good because Huey Lewis does the song, and so does fucking Billy A. Joel it was. I think it's fantastic. I like the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, I was just about to say that in your voice. God damn it. <laughs> I like they the should brave re- little toaster. They should redo Great Mass Detective and Nathan Fillion can be the detective because he can do anything. <laughs> You're a fucking bastard. Nathan Fillion about- needs a place in the in the Disney Voice Hall of Fame. <laughs> Nathan Fillion should be the great mass detective. He should be Woody. Fuck Tom Hanks. I hate you so Nathan much. Nathan Fillion gives me a Woody, he should be Woody in Toy Story 4. <laughs> I hope you step on a Lego. <laughs> it's happened many times. You okay, Jack? I'm fine. <laughs> <sighs> wrap it up, Jack. Yeah, Jack, wrap it up. Well, that's it. This is probably our last film cast ever. I'm not excited. I'm sure you're all not excited. <laughs> I'm upset. I know you guys are feeling bad I'm about upset. it. So let, let me just wrap this up before the tears start flowing. This is Jack. And this is Corey. And fuck you, Chris. Corey, that's fucked up. He's just a dick.